You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. Paige is determined to make it as a novelist. She'll have to work her way up, writing everything from mystery to romance to make it on a bestseller list. Paige loves the stories she writes about and secretly wishes she could live them. Welcome to Tabletop Arcane. This is Justin. And Mindy. And today we bring you a review about the best-selling or bestseller game? <laughs> a game about bestsellers. There you go. Paperback. This is put out by Fowler's Games, designed by Tim Powers himself, and plays in about 45 minutes, 2 to 5 players, ages 10 up. MSRP is a 3182. <laughs> A little bit of a weird price, mostly because I think it's converted from Australian dollars, so U.S. dollars gets a little funky there. Yes. That's okay. So this is kind of a small box deck building and spelling game. So not only you're doing the standard deck building, adding cards to your hand, which gives you better options to play during your turn, but you're essentially trying to form words with the cards in your hand to score points. Print with the letters will give you different points, and yada yada. So it's a combination deck builder and word builder game. Yeah. What were your first impressions when you saw a paperback for the first time? The box is kind of cool. The cards when they were pulled out were really nice nice big letters on them you could able to see some nice little graphics especially on like the wild cards and like the fame cards i think they were called so i thought like all that was really nice it scared me a little bit just because it's spelling (laughs) and uh you know i'm dyslexic so that doesn't help but i thought it was very interesting and and i liked the size of the box i liked the feel of everything so they were good card size too so it wasn't like tiny little cards or too big of cards to kind of really work with overall my first impression was that it looked really nice and it looked like something that would be very interesting to play. So how about for you? Likewise, it's something I've always been impressed with Tim Fowler's games is they've always had this nice presentation to them, even though it's like a small box that you can throw in a backpack or a bag or a purse typically like none of his games i've played that are huge boxes or elaborate boards it keeps it like this fun neat little package and i always appreciate it for that and paperback's no exception to that rule like you said the layout of the cards nice big bold letters so across the table you could read what other people are playing very easily even if you don't necessarily get to see all the little finite points and rules and stuff The word, which is kind of the point of the game, is easily readable. I think the other big thing that it does well, you did say you like the size of the cards. There's like standard bicycle playing cards. But one other thing that it does well, it's something I notice when I look at games, is how can the core box handle additional cards or additional expansions down the road? And Paperback has plenty of space, dividers within it, so that if you get some of the add-ons that have come out since the game, it all fits back into the core box nice so overall wonderful first impression of it likewise my vocabulary skills aren't bad and i'm not necessarily worried about the dyslexia part like you are my concern is i know how deck builders go and when you get a bad hand of cards how the heck are you going to spell something out of quijibo <laughs> so very true yeah, uh, you know, not everybody understands it's a North American bald, fat balding ape, but right. it, it's 
it's one of those I really needed to see how this played in action. So let's start talking about what does paperback do well? I think it did well, especially with having one, an extra letter that you could use, kind of the common letter to start with so that you had like five cards in your hand, but now you have an extra letter so you can have six letters for a word or whatever. I think it does really well if you can visualize a word or spell a word without having to really see it. <laughs> I have to kind of see a word to know it, but if you can do that and use your wild cards well, I think it does really well on that. And I think it does really well on the points system of, hey, I spelled this word, this is the amount of points I get, here's the card I can get with those points. So I think it does really well on that, which is the whole deck building and trying to just use as many of your cards as you can in your turn that you can get those more points and you can kind of work towards getting more letters or getting more fame points to try and win the game. So I think it did really well on that portion of it. What did you think it did well on? So from a deck building game, it does two things that I think make me love this as a deck building game more than most. First thing Paperback does well is unless you're really pretty good at card counting and point counting, like everybody starts at the same amount of points in their deck because of your basic starting cards, but all of the cards you gain along the way, even the all it really is is points cards, still act as wild cards and they all go into your deck. So there isn't like a victory pile or a points pile to the side that some deck builders have. So unless you're really tracking mentally where everybody else is, you don't really have a good gauge of where are you versus everybody else. And that's actually something interesting because otherwise, like, if you're in a deck building game and the points are kind of all visible, they have a victory pile of everything they defeated or earned, and you can see their stack is three times as large as your stack, it's not a good feeling. It takes you out of the game. You have a good idea where you are. You know what people are buying or not buying. Also, those points cards are one of the end game triggers. Right. So at a certain point, like, the game's just going to end because enough of those were bought amongst the group. Or the common letter cards, like you said, that is another feature I really appreciate out of this one because, again, having that, here's an optional ball card. That right. It's available to anybody who wants it, but it's not used until it is, but that's different. <laughs> until level. you can claim it. Until you claim it as yeah. points. But it's essentially, it's a bonus card, and it's one of like those common balls that you're going to want to have access to at some point. Right. The other deck builder feature that I personally love paperback doing this is there are points cards and reasons to not play cards. All the time I see a lot of deck builder games of like, I'm just going to spew my hand out, mm -hmm. do what I can with it, and that's my turn. This is, well, there's certain cards I need to play in certain orders. I need to arrange them in a certain way. There are some cards that if I play out, I might get penalized based on the card that someone else played earlier in the round. Right. Or I might get a bonus from one of my cards for holding some cards back. All of that makes it interesting choices and fun things that I'm going, this is the sort of choices I want. I want to know, in a deck building game, I have a hand of five cards. Maybe I don't want to use all five. Right. And sometimes there are cards like you get a weird why and it's not going to work in your word, whatever, and you're not going to want to play it anyway because it's not going to work. But maybe there's a different and that's what I appreciate. Right. Is the cards unplayed are not necessarily only because they're letters that don't fit in your work. There might be other reasons for that. So that's some of the things that I think Paperback does really well. And also those are some of the things that I feel Paperback sets itself apart from other word building, deck building type of games that are out there. Mm -hmm. All right, Mindy, we're going to turn on our head. Time to take that red pen, give it the <laughs> terrible editor marks. Where does Paperback need corrections? 
So some of the things that could do better is some of the letters. Early on, there are some letters you can buy that are cheaper and stuff like that, and they're helpful, but I think until you start really getting a stack of good cards or ones that specifically let you buy a letter that's higher than what you maybe can purchase, per se, with the cards that you get, I think that could use a little bit more tweaking. One person had the ability to get a six-point card on top of what they normally would, but those cards didn't come around too often for other people to be able to purchase them so that it could be, you know, somebody else could be doing that too or getting a higher card. So I think that could really use some work. And then the higher point cards, you pay for them for higher points in that. And I get that you get higher points with them, but a lot of times they're letters that just aren't regularly used to like a Z or a Y. <laughs> I think those could have been mixed in a little bit more, maybe a smaller point, like try and actually get it out there. Maybe it has something good on it to help you actually want to use that letter. So I think those are like the kind of things that I could see it doing better. How about for you? Honestly, most of my critiques on paperback, most of them are actually answered in already existing expansions. And a lot of it is just little modifications to the rules or little modifications to the options of cards challenges there's some that are like themed cards where like you get extra points if your words are themed on something like we're just spelling words so the fact that we're talking about paperback and you know writing sci-fi fantasy mystery crime drama romance all these different genres and writing isn't really put forth in the core basic now you start adding those theme cards you start adding some of the other stuff and all of a sudden it becomes a little bit more like okay we're gonna make sci-fi work we're gonna make romance work so you get love you're gonna get bonus points for it it's in theme so i think that would help drive the theme of the game a little bit better and that already exists so i'm already kind of happy that does exist <laughs> in that sense mm -hmm. likewise you brought up the fact that you are dyslexic so therefore, spelling words is not a friendly game to you, <laughs> let alone you are judged and points are based on it. Now granted, your group should be fair of if you spell the word what or, you know, <laughs> basic standard boring words. Like, yeah, right. not everybody has to come up with fantastic words, mostly because the cards in your hand really don't, don't allow you most of the time. <laughs> yeah. But if your vocabulary isn't that strong, this game may be more challenging than frustrating to you however there are some optional rules and some expansion pieces that can add that help some of that problem right there's actually a dyslexia optional rule where you're allowed to switch letters around it's kind of on purpose like oh i don't have the letters in the right positions let me switch these and get better points based on it right but at the same time it, yeah. it helps alleviate some of that stress too it's true and i knew going in that i would not be good at this i no. completely know know that and that's just you know something i know but it's still fun to play and that's where i think this game still hits it in a fun way where yes this is actually still fun despite your dyslexia and like yes it's spelling words and there are states in the rules where you could have another player help you spell a word and then they kind of get a favor point and they can cash that in later and like they actually have game mechanics back and I appreciate it for that because different ages different vocabularies like I said right. will approach this and engage on this game slightly differently so honestly I would love to see this game played in like an English classroom 
like a creative writer's game room and just see what words they can come up with as a crazy think tank of people who are wordsmiths. Right. So that's kind of where my negative stuff is kind of be is like if your vocabulary isn't so strong, this is probably not <laughs> going to be the game that you're going to go, yeah, let's play paperback again. Yeah. But that's more of as long as you understand what you're getting into, that shouldn't be much of a concern at least. No. So for thirty-one eighty-two, how's that price point? Personally, for me, too much, but (laughs) that's because I know I won't really play it. I won't really, like, it's not a game I would pull out to play and want to play. I think overall, for being a card builder and a word builder, and actually a lot of, like, the intricates of actually building those words and things that can happen, I think it's actually probably a pretty good price. Might be a little high... I don't know. I would think maybe 25 or something like that, but I mean, it's not off by much. So I think it's probably pretty good for somebody who would actually want to play it and likes building words. What do you think about that price? 3182 is vastly overpriced for a paperback book. However, for paperback, the board game, I think it hits right around that sweet spot. It's not too much. You get over 200 cards on 310 card stock, so it's nice, heavy cards, quality stuff. The box is sturdy because of the slipcover that the game comes in. The whole thing is this nice, solid, compact game at just slightly over $30 price point US, and I think that's a good spot for it. Could it be a little bit less, closer to that 25 mark? Yeah, I could see it, but at the same time, I don't think it's a terrible spot either. Any higher than like 35, I would probably be walking at the price for being just a card mm-hmm. game, not having some sort of tokens, minis, dice, board, something, something with to it. go with it. Yeah. But overall, the whole presentation of the game, the whole thought behind it, and the fact that you can add the expansion packs, which are not $31, into the box, right. and it already is going to hold everything for you, I think that's where I'm okay with a slightly higher price point, knowing the storage solution's also going to be there for me too. Very true. But that's because that's a point for me. I always take a look at that. Plus, it comes with its own divider, so you can start your points cards, your common letter cards, your starting cards can all be divided in the box and easy to set up and pull out. Overall, I think it's a fantastic right there price point for paperback. So, you've been listening to Tabletop Arcanum's review of paperback. This is Justin. And Mindy. We thank you for listening. You can find us on all the standard social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, as well as YouTube and Twitch. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, and follow buttons as necessary to keep up to date on what Tabletop Arcanum is doing. Until next time, happy gaming. Happy gaming. You've been listening to Tabletop Arcanum, hosted by Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, and featuring the original music by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for listening.